welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. are wrapping up our series now right on the money and as you know at River Valley every year I preach a a series on giving and on money and uh, I've had a lot of fun with this one I have enjoyed it and if you've missed it over the last two weeks I'd encourage you to go online to to grab the sermons but in week one I'll just give you a quick refresher here we talked about being stewards and I actually had the big bucket out there and I said what we do with the little bucket shows if we recognize that our our whole life is in the bucket We really are. We give, and we give of our finances, and we say, God, we give 10%. We do that. But we understand we're really living a life in the bucket. We're saying, you have my time, my treasure, my talent, and I am living as a steward. Everything you've given to me, I now take care of. I I manage for your glory and for your honor, and I live in the bucket, all right? And then uh, week two, uh, the fruit illustration for tithing. Uh, I've done a lot of illustrations, and that one went over about as good as any illustration I've ever done. Um, I had so many emails. People were like, you should have went all Gallagher and had a sledgehammer. I said, no, no, it was on tithing, all right? It was on tithing. And, uh, but it worked with the, you know, God, we're giving him the first, and then we're keeping the nine, and we're understanding that we're a steward, and we put it on God's table, and we have our table and um, we talked about a heart moving towards God wants to give. It's pre-law. It's in the law. It's for a New Testament giver to say, my heart is moving toward you. I start at that Old Testament and, and pre-law minimum, and I, and I move from there, and I go up, and God, I want to uh, bless you, and I want to be a tither. And um, I, I thought it was funny. Um, uh, again, the staff was worried, like, do you need fruit this week? Do you need, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? They're on edge. And uh, I said, yeah, somebody needs to know that they need to have a better job security. How many, okay, I'll tell you what I mean by that. I, I did a picture. Did you see the picture? Put it up on the screen where I was leaning over the fruit, okay? I was leaning over the fruit, and I, I just wanted that shot. And then somebody on our staff that works for me decided to do this with the picture. Yeah, you see that picture there, what they did? Yeah, young Robbie First Fruits, And that's somebody who just thinks they have job security. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, but I love it. Caleb and Kath, well done. You got me there. Young Robbie First Fruits. My album comes out next month. All right. But today, we're going to talk about um, over and above giving. Over and above. Week one, steward. Week two, tithing. Now, week three, over and above giving. Being generous. Where do we go? If, if tithing is the floor and we're going up from there, where do we go? And I want to say this. This is where giving gets really fun. This is where it gets fun. I mean, this is where you just start. It's almost like compound interest. It just grows and grows and grows. And you're looking for new ways to give. And it gets you excited. And if you've not entered into this level, I pray you'd realize you're a steward. Realize that you're going to be a tither. And then you'd go from there and say, I want to give over and above. I'm going to do as much as I can. 
And people will say, well, how much more do I do? Where do I go? And I'm telling you that this is the thing about having your heart take on the posture that says, I want to give you more. I want to give you more. And Lord, you're going to speak to each one of us differently, but my heart wants to give you more. I get it. You own it. You provided for it. I'm a tither. And now I desire to give you more. It's not an amount. Some people think, well, it's got to be a big gift. And I could show you with a couple examples from the Bible. In the Old Testament, there's a story about King David, and he wants to build the temple for the Lord. If you were to go to Jerusalem now, you'd see the spot where they would build that temple. He wanted to build that. And so the Bible talks about him giving a generous gift over and above to build God's kingdom, a kingdom builder, if you will. And if you were to take that in modern day dollars, it was about $20 billion is what he gave. He's like, you want something, God? Watch this. I'm going to give over and above. I'm the king. I'm going to give $20 billion. You would say, that is a kingdom builder. But it's a matter of a heart, okay? It could, be, it could be millions and billions, but I believe this. The Bible also shows us that the widow that gave the two pennies that she had, the, the two coins that amounted to like basically a penny, she comes in and she's like, God, it's about you. You're my source. I understand. I'm a steward. I, I honor you. And, and, and I'm giving you everything I've got. Why? Because my heart wants to give more. And Jesus is like, that lady, that lady impresses me. So whether it's a young child getting started in Kingdom Builders in our church and giving over and above and giving what amounts to a few pennies or somebody giving millions or billions, you know, that's something could have. Kingdom Builder, it's a matter of the heart. The over and above, the generosity is, I, I want to do this because I love you, because you've saved me, because you provide everything for me. And so my heart wants to give to you. And as you give, as you give of your treasure, the Bible says where you give your treasure, your heart goes. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you start giving of your treasure and you're like, Lord, I give more, I give more, I give more. And your heart starts racing after the places that you put your treasure. The apostle Paul says this, and he, he must have received a download uh, from the Lord Jesus himself. He must have received this download because uh, the Apostle Paul says, I was discipled by Christ. Like Christ appeared to me. He, he showed himself to me and discipled me. And the Apostle Paul says this, in everything I did in Acts 20, verse 35, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words, the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than receive. There's a level when you're giving and you're giving out and you're giving and you're giving. There's a generosity factor that says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So I want to talk about over and above giving and the, the benefits of this and the joy that comes in this and then the process of how God speaks to us to give over and above. So the first thing I'll tell you, um, this doesn't even come from the Bible. It comes from psychiatrists and doctors that have studied this. They said, if you're generous and you're a generous person and you're a giver and you give generously, you're going to live a longer life. So they said, you're going to live a longer life. They said, uh, Lisa Firestone, PhD, wrote this for a, a Psych Alive website. And she said, generosity is actually good, indeed great for our mental and physical health. She said, it's no longer the selfless act that we once thought it was. She said, studies now suggest that one of the biggest benefactors of generosity is the person who's dishing it out, like a healthy diet, exercise, or a good gene. All right, so if you have bad genes, write a bigger check. 
You're like, well, I don't want to work out. How big do the check after? You know what I'm saying? She said it has similar effects. Do it all, all right? She says generosity may increase your lifespan. The University of Michigan uh, said that it improves one's mental and physical health and promotes longevity. Another one talked about that it, it helps us with stress. It helps us enhance our sense of purpose. That generosity is a natural confidence builder. Again, University of Michigan said generosity is a natural confidence builder and a natural repellent of self-hatred. As you're generous, you're like, I, I even like the way that God made me because I'm, be able, I'm able to be generous. You see this, and it happens. It, it, another study said that it actively fights the, um, the, the feelings of isolation and fights against depression. I mean, Paul's saying it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And he, and God loves a cheerful giver. All these things that we see in the Word of God. And then different secular studies are saying that it will help us live longer. It'll help us live better. It'll help us live more fulfilled. So today, when you go home, look in the mirror. If you look a little peek at it, write a bigger check. That's all I'm saying. Help yourself live longer, all right? Another thing, here's what I see in the Word of God. It makes your world get bigger. It makes your world get larger, okay? Stingy people, their world is small. And generous people, their world is large. Proverbs eleven twenty four. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. When you hoard, you know what happens? When you hold on to something, you subtract resources from the kingdom of God. You subtract opportunities where God could do something amazing. You subtract. You're, I'm going to hold. I'm going to hoard. I'm going to hang on to and that's a subtract, subtraction mentality. And when you give generously, you're saying, I'm going to multiply. I'm going to multiply. God has principles of sowing and reaping. Don't be upset by that. Enjoy that. In Genesis 8, he said, there's a law of sowing and reaping, of harvest. And when you put a seed in the ground, more comes from that seed. Multiplication is the way God thinks. And, we, and, and so many people live in subtraction and God's like, will you get your world larger and watch it, watch it multiply and watch it expand and watch it grow? Okay, another thing, God rewards generosity. Now, don't feel guilty about that. As Minnesotans, we're kind of like, I don't know if I need a reward, you know. I'd just do it even if you didn't pay me, if you didn't do anything. You know, I don't know. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay to be rewarded, and it would be wonderful if we ever won a Super Bowl. Praise God. All right, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. God rewards generosity. Okay? He's, he's saying, I reward this. I reward the giver. And it is not our motive. We are not trying to force him. Like, God, I'm given this, and you got to reward me. Remember, it's a heart that says, I want to be generous. But even though you, you, you say, well, I don't need a reward, you can't stop it. You can't stop. You cannot outgive God. God is a rewarder, according to Hebrews 11. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. God is, he said, given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken over, running, overflowing in your lap. Do you get it? He's like, I'm going to bless you. He, when, when the disciples were like, well, we've given up a lot, Lord. We've given up a lot. He's like, hey, you'll get a hundred times. Don't you worry. I will take care of you. I am a rewarder. God is a rewarder. I know that it just kind of rubs us wrong some ways, but it's not bad. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that he's rewarding us and saying, I will bless you. And if I could just remind you again about week two for just a moment. I talked about tithing and your pile being 90%. And I know that I said 
God wants to open up the windows of blessing and pour it out on you, but I don't think I stressed it enough. I feel like I almost stressed it, like your 90 is so big, be thankful. I'm telling you what, God pours out blessings that you can't contain. God takes care of you. God has a way of outgiving you and blessing you in ways you never thought possible and taking care of those things that are there. And so God is a rewarder. And that's a beautiful thing, which leads me to another thing is um, we'll have a welcome in heaven based on our generosity. We don't get into heaven because of our generosity. Let me be very, very clear. You do not get into heaven because of your generosity. You get into heaven because of grace that God gives you. And it's through faith that you believe that what Jesus Christ did on the cross applies to your life and forgives you of your sins. Okay, And then you have an opportunity to take your time, your treasure, your talent, use it for his glory, and there's an opportunity for us to be rewarded in heaven when we get there, where there's an opportunity for people to greet us. I know I say that I have this picture of getting to heaven and people saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, but there's several verses that I base it upon. One of the stories is found in Luke 16 about the shrewd manager. I won't go into it all the way. But the shrewd manager finds out he's going to get fired. And before he gets hired, fired, he says, hey, I forgive your debt. I forgive your debt. I forgive your debt. And he, and, he, and he goes and maneuvers some things so that when he loses his job, he has a bunch of friends. Jesus is telling the story. And he's like, that guy was pretty shrewd, pretty resourceful. And in Luke 16, 9, he says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So he's telling his, his followers, he's saying, use the wealth that I've given you to make a difference for eternity so you can be welcomed in in eternity. It's not about the here and now. Use it here so that you can be welcomed in eternity as if there's going to be a, a reception crew waiting for you. And they're like, thank you. Uh, and there's going to be people from all these other countries and all these corners of the world saying thank you for your generosity. There may be a neighbor or a small child that's like, thank you. You helped us. You blessed us. You were generous. And so there's an uh, opportunity for us to have this welcoming party. And I want you to think about that. I mean, heaven is full of real people, real people. Real, I mean, we have this, I, I, I don't like when artists draw heaven like clouds and harps. You know what I'm saying? I also get mad about that. I mean, I'm like, heaven is going to be real people. And so don't let a misconception of heaven with clouds and harps keep you from giving to fill it full of people. It's people. It's people. And I want to have that place filled with people that say, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for doing something to get me here. You truly won yourself friends in eternity for what you did on earth with your finances. The rabbis used to say this. The Jewish rabbis would say, the rich can help the poor in this life and the poor will help the rich in the next. Because they're saying, you may help them now and be generous. You may be a kingdom builder, but you know what? When you get to heaven, they're going to be pouring out. It's going to, it's, the table's going to turn around and they're going to be blessed, okay? Another thing is you live generously when you live over and above and um, you, you live like a kingdom builder and Kingdom Builders isn't just a, a giving fund. It's the way we live as Kingdom Builders. Um, it helps us to fight off materialism. It helps us fight off materialism. Come on. We live in a country where we are being inundated with materialism. It's, it's almost uh, like fashionable to be 
materialistic and to want and to get and to grow and to keep thinking it's me, mine, I want more. And I want to be clear, it's not wrong. It is not sinful to be rich. It is a great responsibility to be rich, but it's not sinful. And God's saying, will you take what I've given you and what you're steward over, and will you use this for my glory and my honor? Don't let these things suck you down. Don't let the weight of what you own hold you to this earth. Be more excited about where you're going than where you're living right now. And so we've got to fight against materialism. C.M. Ward, an old-time preacher, he said this, we are to drink the cup of gladness without getting intoxicated. It's like living in moderation in our finances. There's something there. We have so much, and we're not going to consume it on ourselves. We're going to live generous. And so you're going to fight against materialism. And parents, you're going to fight against affluenza in your children. Affluenza, what is it? Let me read this. This is serious. Some of you are going to save your family by being a kingdom builder. Affluenza is a strange malady that affects the children of well-to-do parents Though having everything money can buy, the children show all the symptoms of abject poverty, depression, anxiety, loss of meaning, and despair for the future. Affluenza accounts for an escape into alcohol, drugs, shoplifting, and suicide among children of the wealthy. It is, the, it is most often found where parents are absent from the home and try to buy their children's love. You want to, you got to fight against materialism and you've got to fight against affluenza in your children where they they have everything they want. You're pouring out everything and you're consuming so much on you and then you lose your kids. It's something that we can say, God, I want to give over and above. I want to, I want to save my family. I would tell you this, if you're a parent, tell your kids how much you give to kingdom builders. You say, well, we didn't give any to King Builders. Well, you just infected your kids with affluenza. I'm just saying. I would give, I would give, and I would tell them, like, hey, we're fighting against affluenza. We just gave your inheritance. Praise God. We saved your life. When you're rich, God wants you to, to live in a generous way. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11 says this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, catch these two words, so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God wants you to answer the so that. The so that. You are rich. You have so many resources. Your table is overflowing. And you're saying, I am enriched so that I can be generous on every occasion. Author Randy Alcorn says this, God raises our standard of living to raise our standard of giving. And we're like, God, I, I want to I give more. I want to do more. I want to I understand that I have a great responsibility. And I get asked from people all the time, well, how much? How much? What should we do? And I'm like, start praying for percentages. Start praying for percentages. Lord, I've already honored you with the tithe. I'm at 10%. Now, what would you like me to do? He might say, add a percent to that. Some of you might say, jump by five. He might say, add 10. I, I read a book just a couple weeks ago. It said, live on 80 and give God 20. It was written by Pastor Davy Collins. His, his great uncle wrote the book. He's a farmer in North Dakota. You know, Pastor Davy's starting our St. Paul campus. His great uncle wrote this book, live 
on uh, 80 and give God 20. He said, 10 was not enough for me. I said, God, I want to give you 10% more. And he said, you will not believe what we've been able to do and how God just opened door after door after door. And he said, we just did right away. We said, we're going from 10, we're going to 20. We're going for it. And I, that, we just say, God, give us a percentage of how much more we can do. Now at River Valley Church, we use kingdom builders. That's really our over and above living. Remember, stewards, we're tithing and we're giving over and above. And kingdom builders, I love it. It's like a, a giant kingdom of God mutual fund. That's what it is. That's the way I see it. A giant kingdom. It's like all the things when you think about the, the kingdom builders book. I mean, all the things that are in here are projects that we're going to do and is a giant kingdom of God mutual fund. And I just want to tell you, uh, this is something that we have done as a church and we have excelled in the area of giving. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. He says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Now that you've entered and, and answered the so that question, like why has God given me so much? I'm going to excel in the grace of giving. And I want to say, River Valley, this is something that you have excelled in. I, I just, I won't give you too many numbers because numbers can numb us, but... In, in 2010, our Kingdom Builders was $895,000. 2017, almost $6.6 million. Think about that. Seven years, from eight ninety-five to six, almost $6.6 million in just a few short years. And I think that is excelling in the grace of giving. And I just want to say this. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you to every single one that says, I get it. I'm a steward. I'm a tither. I'm a kingdom builder. I excel in this area of generosity. Last week, I was at a world missions meeting and there were people from every region of the world. There were probably 30 people there. I, didn't, I, I, I knew a handful. Everyone came up to me. Hey, I, I represent Eurasia. And I just want to say on behalf of Eurasia, thank you, River Valley, for kingdom builders. Thank you for your generosity. Thank, could you give everyone in your church a hug? I was like, do you know how many there are? There's a lot, you know. I walk a little bit further. I represent China, and I want you to know thank you to Kingdom Builders. They, could you thank your church and tell them thank you? Could you give them all a hug? There's 9,000 people. All right, so I'm going to be busy hugging you all this year on behalf of China and India and Eurasia and Europe and Africa and South America. You've excelled in the grace of giving. You have excelled. I had one pastor, he, one, one missionary, he came over, he said, write a book, write a book, write a book. He said, write a book on how to do kingdom builders and how to be generous and how to excel in the grace of giving. And, and he's like, you don't understand. Uh, the time is short. We need more resources. And your church is leading the way. Please write a book. And so I, I left there like with this weight of responsibility, like us wanting to do more with kingdom builders. Matter of fact, when you give to kingdom builders and you give to the River Valley Network, somebody's like, what is that? That's us coaching other churches to do what we do here. That's, we're, we're trying to excel. See, God thinks multiplication. That's the way he thinks. This, this is, I just want to point out a couple of things. In the first quarter of the year, Apple Valley is getting ready to pay for the St. Paul campus through Kingdom Builders. Come on, Apple Valley, finish that one. Shakopee is going to do a live dead church plant. You can clap for them too, all right? All right. Crosstown is going to do a turkey church plant or a church plant in Turkey, if that sounds better. All right, yeah. Uh, Minneapolis, a Japan church plant. Minatrista is going to expand their parking lot. We need more parking lot there. They got to reach their neighbors and there's, their people are pulling in and pulling out. There's nowhere to park. Egan is going to do a Cuba church plant. 
Faribault is going to do Convoy Rural Compassion. Woodbury is going to do a new building. Come on, let's celebrate all those. Yeah. Woodbury just went, we're doing that in the first quarter? I hope so. No, they're doing the down payment on their new building. All right, all right, all right. But here's the thing. I want to do this. When we finish these, campus pastors, listen, when you finish, you need to tell us so that we can celebrate it at every campus. When one campus hits their first quarter goal, I want us all to know it, and then I want us to be able to celebrate it together, and that's eight more celebrations that we're going to be able to have. This is what we're doing. We're saying, God, help us to celebrate and to give. If you're wondering how to do a gift, okay, how to do a kingdom builder commitment, after you've become a tither, you understand God owns it. We want you to tithe. Some people say, well, I want to do this first. We want you to become a tither and be obedient and realize that's what God's called me to do. Then I'm going to be a generous giver on top of that. And so you go, and when you do that, we want you to have a plan and a vision and a dream. I did a 12-minute teaching online. It's at our Kingdom Builders page with our website. So if you go there, you'll, you can see it. It's a, about a 12-minute teaching, how to make a commitment, to have a plan, a vision, and a dream on how to give to Kingdom Builders and to be able to do this. Um, when you do this, you're going to hear from God. And I, last thing I want to do real quickly, I just want to walk you through the process of hearing from God on being a generous giver, okay? When you hear from God, because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, it says, each one should give what they've determined in their heart to give, okay? What you've determined. Like, God's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. And he's going to tell you, you should give this. You should do this. Here's the process that happens. First of all, you're going to hear from God. You're going to hear a number or an item. God may say, give that car, give that house, give that land. Something. He's going to tell you an amount or an item. He's going to say, you should give that. You're going to hear from God. You, first of all, are going to be super excited, super excited. And then you're going to have to tell your spouse or think about giving the gift or actually writing the check or transferring it online. And you know what's going to happen? Fear is going to creep in. You'll be super excited. You're going to hear from God, super excited. And then fear is going to creep in. Like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. That was crazy. What was I thinking? Who, who does this kind of stuff? And then logic starts to kick in. You know what we could do with that money? You know what we could do? And I don't know if that's the right thing. And what were we going to do with that land and that house and that car? And, and, you're gonna, and, and logic starts kicking in. And then all of a sudden, doubt starts to kick in. Like, did I really hear from God? How many are with me? You know what I'm talking about? Like, did I really hear from God? And you're like, I don't think that was God. And then people are thinking, like, I think it was the devil. It was the devil telling me to give to kingdom builders. And then you're buying the devil. It's not the devil. The devil's not telling you to give more money to advance the cause of Christ, okay? So stop binding him on that one, all right? And then all of a sudden, faith will rise up. There's a breakthrough. Faith will rise up. I'm doing this. I am giving this. This is what God, I, I heard the voice of God, and I'm doing it. Then obedience kicks in, and then joy kicks in, and you start to see it is more blessed to give than to receive, and all of a sudden it kicks in. You say, well, I've not felt this before. You need to live that life of hearing from God and doing exactly what he's told you to do, and all of a sudden that joy will kick in, and the next thing you'll say, what else can I do? What else can I do? We've had people in our church say, I'm going to work for this next year to give to Kingdom Builders. We've had over a half dozen people give a check, over half a million dollars to Kingdom Builders. Not all of us can do that. All of us can do something. Some of us can do that and more. Okay? We've had other people. I had one guy, he said, I, I, I gave away my Harley Davidson. God told me to do it. I gave it away. You're like, where was I? I didn't get that call. All right. 
People have paid for global trips. We've received two houses. People have given us two homes that were debt-free. They said, here, God told us to give you that. I'm telling you, this is how God works. I'm telling you, and it's not just the, the rich people that do this. It's everyone. All of us have an opportunity to hear from God, whether we're rich or just getting started on this journey. And as we close out this service, I want you to be inspired by this story. For a long time, I wrestled with generosity. I gave my tithe, but I never felt just the conviction to give above and beyond that. About a year and a half ago, my husband and I, we were a couple months away from getting married. Gabby is my wife. Oh, she's the best. Tough to beat Gabby. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out how we were going to make it work with paying off student debt, getting into an apartment. We were starting to think about what we could cut out to make living expenses work. And in the midst of all of that, Shane felt led to give his whole paycheck to Kingdom Builders. I felt like, why would God ask me to give when I needed it the most? And I had no idea. He didn't tell me any of this. And so a week and a half goes by and he still feels this conviction. I was like, do I give it? Do I not? It was a week and a half long of trying to decide if this was God, is it something I needed to do? Just out of the blue one day, around lunchtime, I get a call that Tuesday and this woman from church just said, hey, for the past week and a half, my husband and I have just been feeling like we need to call you and let you know that we actually own a second home in Prior Lake. Nobody's living in it for the next year, and we're wondering if you and your husband would want to move into it once you guys get married and simply just pay for utilities. And so I call Shane, and when he answers and I tell him what happened, he says, Stop. There's no way that's possible. There's no way that's possible. There's no way she just called you and asked that. I'm like, yeah, she did. Isn't that amazing? He's like, no, you don't understand. For the past week and a half, I've been feeling like I'm supposed to give my entire paycheck to Kingdom Builders. Two hours ago, I finally gave it, and she calls out of the blue, and for the same amount of time that I've been wrestling with, should I give this money to Kingdom Builders, they were wrestling with, should we allow Gabby and Shane to live in this house? It was a moment that, one of the first moments in my life, I was speechless. I think my jaw hit the floor or as close to it as it could get because through us being obedient and through God's faithfulness, it opened up a door for one, us to receive the blessing of God, but for then us to be a blessing through that. We've been able to pay off student debt, to save. We've been able to put away a fund of money. That's simply a giveaway fund, we call it, for anybody in need that might need it. We've been able to host global project meetings at our house, and it all started by us simply being obedient. As I've given, as I begin to realize it's not my money anyway, it's something that I steward, it's something that God has blessed me with. So if he asks for a chunk of it to bless somebody else, I do it. I just step into what God has called me to do and I know that he's gonna take care of the rest. I think I had a hard time for a while with generosity because I felt like I had to give a certain amount and it almost stressed me out a little bit of I can't give that or I can't do that. But when I realized it's simply about just being obedient and God takes care of the rest, I can do that. I think it creates a chance for not only us to see what God can do through us, but in turn blesses those around you. And when you give to God obediently, He takes care of every single need, and He, he blesses you above and beyond your wildest dreams so that you can then in turn go ahead and be a blessing to others. Amen. You can't outgive God. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand with me all across this place. And I want us to close with that thought of just listening to God's voice and being obedient. 
understanding that before God even blesses our table, it's overflowing. And as he blesses us, he blesses us so that we can be generous on every occasion and build his church around the world. I'm praying that we'll listen, we'll respond, we'll be obedient, and we'll have story after story after story of God's blessing from our obedience. I want prayer teams to make their way on up here, and I want to pray one more blessing over the church, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray with me that you'll hear God, you'll hear Him as He speaks to you and says, give this and do this. So Lord, I thank you for the people in the church right now that are understanding we're, we're stewards of everything you've given to us. We're going to step out in faith and tithe because our heart is moving toward you. And then we're not going to stop there. We're going to hear what you're saying to us. And we're going to be generous givers. We're going to go above and beyond. We're going to do more than what we ever thought we could do. And we pray, God, that you'll provide and you'll, you'll bless us in ways that we've never known. We thank you. You're a rewarder of those that step out in faith. So God, help us to live that way. Help us to be generous. Help us to do great things for your glory and for your honor. Thank you, God, for blessing us with so much. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen.